now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I am your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Before we get down to it, Rookie Wide Receivers Part 2. Let's hear a little bit from our sponsor, DynastyOwner.com. Do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Garrett Price does, but he's not here tonight. Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Garrett Price does, but he's not here tonight. Here's your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels owner to general manager to coach dynasty owner is for the smart and elite fantasy football player there's no offseason in dynasty owner the rookie draft matters free agency matters and every contract matters come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual nfl players contracts and salaries then improve your team each year with the three round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks you can win weekly prizes seasonal prizes and compete in the chase for the ring the mobile app is in development and will be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts this May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www, which I understand stands for worldwide web, .dynastyowner.com. So let's get into it. No Garrett tonight, the natural America's sweetheart, Malone, Meany, Blue Muller, whatever you want to call him. He is in the combine. Um, he did disappoint me and not find some out, out some information for me, which Porkman and I will talk about later. Chev is off tonight, too. We're going to go easier on him. But we do have a very special guest, so let's get to him first. We have our good friend, Angelo. Angelo, how are we tonight? I'm doing well, man. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Sorry to introduce you at a minute and 40 into the show. <laughs> I like You're to gab a little bit. And joining us, like always, with a new and improved voice, we have Phil Porkman Simmons. What's good, Porkman? <laughs> What's going on, guys? I mean, you were smooth as hell last week, though. Oh, I'm not going to lie. You know, I listened to that pod again when I was driving the other day. I mean, I sound sexy as crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> now I just uh, sound, you know, just like regular, regular sexy. That's good. <laughs> Hitting us with that voice and causing the ladies to slide off their chairs in the continental United States. But let's get down to it. Wide receivers part two. So the combine is in full effect. Okay. Um, Angela, we were talking before the show. We're going to start with you. Cool. He hurt himself running at the combine. LaVisca Chenault Jr. So he's from Colorado. He's a big dude. 6'2", 220. And one of the things that we said to him, said about him, forgive me, is... Everybody seems to have the same general consensus on him. I like him, but could you explain that a little bit? And talk about his 40 time at the Combine, too. And uh, you had some background knowledge on why he was running it so poorly. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Chenault's a really interesting prospect for me um, because, like you said, the nature of his injury. So he has, um, I think it's like called a ostitis um, pubis. So it's like inflammation of the pubic bone. Um, so that's essentially an injury that deals with inflammation um, of kind of the pelvic area and that will take a long time to heal so that's something he was playing through a core muscle injury they said so that probably had something to do with his adductor um, but during the combine you saw he didn't participate in any of the drills except the 40 in the bench and he ran like four five eight in the 40 
And on film, if you watch him, he plays much, much faster than that. And you could tell at the end of his 40, he was kind of laboring a little bit um, as he was kind of decelerating kind of into those cameras. Um, and he didn't run a second 40. So that kind of tells me that, you know, he kind of called it quits. And I don't think he should have ran the 40 to begin with. I, I told someone before the combine even started that Chenault would probably be better off giving it a go at his pro day um, because that, those type of injuries can kind of flare up at any time. Um, but Chenault as a prospect is pretty fascinating. I mean, the two questions I always kind of ask myself when I'm evaluating any prospect is, am I weighing circumstance too heavily? And can the offensive coordinator um, weaponize his player's unique strengths? And this is what makes Chenault the most intriguing offensive player in this class. He wasn't used traditionally as a receiver at Colorado. He played tight end, running back, wildcat quarterback, X receiver, slot receiver, you name it, he did it. And he's probably one of the only players in the last three or four classes that you can probably say that without injury, he's a top eight player at two positions, at running back and at receiver. And it's that unique skill set that I believe an offensive coordinator is going to kind of look at and gravitate towards because he has an extremely elite skill set when we're talking about with the ball in his hands and what he can do in that capacity. Um, before his injury in 2018, uh, he, he had a torn labrum he had labrum surgery and he had toe surgery in the offseason as well but before his injury in 2018 he was on pace for 115 receptions a little under 1400 yards and more than 12 touchdowns and he had that really elite eight game stretch of what you remember um but what Chenault really is he's a a mismatched nightmare for linebackers uh and safeties and and, um nickel corners so I think that's kind of what uh, offensive coordinators are going to look at to kind of weaponize him at the NFL level is is get him a mismatch mismatches and he's a guy that defensive coordinators are going to always kind of have to know where he is because of how big of a threat he is with the ball in his hands and he can score from anywhere on the field so he's just a really interesting player to me because there's a lot of like you said like well I don't know but yes we know he's he's injured um he has two surges under his belt before he starts his NFL career. We know that. Um, he's dealing with a current injury. That's not a super long-term thing, but um, it obviously didn't help him at the combine. And he didn't have an expansive route tree. He didn't do a lot of things from a wall perspective that you would have liked to see a collegiate receiver do. But I feel like we focus way too much in general with prospects of what they didn't do versus what they can't do. Can Chenault do these things? I think with his athletic skill set and the way he is as a mover, the answer is yes. But did he? The answer is no. Those are two different things. Um, but for him, as we talked a little bit about before the show started, landing spot for him is going to be really important. If he goes to a situation like the Saints, the Packers, who do have smart offensive corners who are going to want to use him as a weapon all over the field, look at a guy who has immense upside and is a guy I believe is the most intriguing offensive player in this class, as well as have, as well as possessing the highest ceiling. Okay. Uh, just a couple quick comments to add to that. So landing spot dependency, I think, is huge for Chenault. Injuries are a huge concern. And obviously, if you're hurt at the combine, pulling a John Ross, getting hurt while you're running your 40, uh, that's not going to help you. But, Porkman, I, w- I want you to take a shot at this. I want to see what you think. And then we'll defer back to Angelo. Do you think 
his ability to do many things. Is it that he's that good of an athlete, or is it jack of all trades, master of none? Well, like I maybe, just ho- like maybe he's not good at any one thing, so they kind of move him around. Well, I think it's more if he's good at a lot of things. They just okay. didn't know where to use him at the most, so they were just you know just trying to utilize what they got for him. Because if you it, if you got a if you got a receiver like that, and you can, oh we can make him a running back. Maybe they didn't have that position back there that was good enough, so we just slop we just slop him back there, see if it works, and it worked. One thing to say too is sorry to cut you off, but talking about him as a receiver, the quarterback play wasn't the best at Colorado, so maybe they're trying to just get one of their best playmakers the ball in his hands any way they can. Yeah, and just yeah, and then see and see how he can uh, work with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I I agree. I think. The biggest thing you look at when you look at Colorado's offense was, especially in 2018, was it was a LaVisca Chenault show. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried to get him the ball any way they could and as efficiently as possible. I mean, obviously, the, the degree of difficulty on a, on a downfield pass, on a, you know, a deep post is a lot harder than a, you know, a quick screen. But that's what I kind of saw a lot of is there were times when Chenault just dominated games from getting the ball at the line of scrimmage. Like, if you turn on the tape from him against Nebraska in 2018, that was probably the most impressed I have been with a player, especially in this class, at his ability to take over a game by himself. I mean, it was unbelievable to kind of watch him when he's at his best. He's extremely hard to stop. But I think you're kind of onto something where it's jack of all trades, master of none. But I have—I don't think he's kind of been given an opportunity to master anything. Does that make sense? Like he no, hasn't. That, that yeah, it makes really sense. It's like he's—he's he's just good at a yeah, whole bunch he's of just, stuff. He's, he's not like, great yeah, at one thing. Right. He's like that. Like have you seen Derek Henry in high school? By the way, like yeah. his high school highlights. Oh my god. What if Louis like he was? You know, he's a kid played against a bunch of suburban kids, and it's like, <laughs> I'm just gonna give him a ball every play, and then hope for the best because that's kind of what it felt like at times. You know, they want—they want to just give him the ball as much as they possibly could. I mean, he was their primary goal line back for crying out loud. I mean, like, that's the type of player he was. He was the best player on the field whenever he stepped on the field. And they just wanted to give him the ball in as many ways as they possibly could and make it difficult for a defensive coordinator because you knew it was coming. You knew Chenault was going to have the, the biggest role on offense. Um, but getting, to him, getting it to him with variation was their, um, their primary objective. And it worked out well. But for his draft stock, some teams are going to love that, and some are going to be like, well, can he play traditional X? Some teams just are going to have more questions than they do answers. Angela, before we move on, uh, what is your favorite college and NFL team? College? Um, man, I grew up a Buckeyes fan, actually. Oh, oh. yes. Um, so, like, I mean, I grew up watching Reese Claret. Um, that was my favorite player. Um I mean, I was, I'm an Illinois Illini, so I'm a big Illini fan, unfortunately. My guy Lovey's there, though, so we're good, um, hopefully. <laughs> but um, NFL team, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I live in, I live in Chicago. It's a, okay. it's a tough, tough time to be a Bears fan. Um, I'll just say hopefully Trubisky's not under center in 2020. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and if he isn't, I'll be a happy man. If he is, well, then we're going to have a long season. Well, if they're playing the Eagles this year, I hope he is under center. Um, 
But before we move on, uh, career totals for LaVisca Chenault, 27 games played, 149 catches, 1,943 yards, 13.0 yards per reception average, 10 touchdowns, and he also carried the ball 42 times, 280 yards. He averaged 6.7 yards a carry, seven touchdowns. So our next guy, I'm really conflicted on, on Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. He's 6'1", 206 pounds. So he only played two years at Arizona State. He played at JUCO for two years, Sierra College. Um, so there's a lot of guys that are saying he's a first-round talent, and Angelo, both um, Porkman and I are Eagles fans. So Okay. Uh, Porkman, I don't know if you saw a couple mock drafts that had the Eagles taking Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I saw uh, in the second round. Uh, no, 21 saw, or 22, maybe? I saw a couple that had us trading up to get him. Oof. And Oof. we're talking trading up and passing guys like T. Higgins and Henry Ruggs. Oh. I almost threw my laptop, but then I realized <laughs> I didn't actually pay it off yet. I'm still, so uh, Best Buy would appreciate if I came in and bought another laptop, but joke's on you, Best Buy. I'm not going to do that. Um, it's, he's another one of those guys. I like him, but... He still seems really raw to me. Okay, so at Sierra College, it, it, so he's if we're talking about a guy who's a first-round potential talent, at junior college, you should dominate, right? Like you should just flat-out dominate. I mean, you should, but it would be also based on quarterback play as well. well right. A lot of these JUCO quarterbacks are pretty good. 20 games, 89 catches, 1,533 yards, 17.2 yards per reception, and 19 touchdowns. So, I mean, he was fine. Arizona State career totals, 25 games, 98 catches, 1,666 yards, 17.0 yards per reception, and 11 touchdowns. And last year he had 1,192. Um, he only had 474 yards when him and Nikhil Harry were on the field together. So... That, that leads me to believe if you're a first-round talent, potential, people are saying, um, you should be able to overcome a guy like Nikhil Harry, who I liked, but I thought he was raw as well. Right. So, um, Porkman, let's start with you. Since they're mocking Ayuk to us, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, I wouldn't mind to get Ayuk, honestly. Well, first round, probably not. Would you but, rather you know, have him or T. Higgins? I at would 21? definitely. Well, T. Higgins is my number three uh, okay. wide receiver in his class, so it would definitely be T. But uh, if we was to somehow, you know, fix our cornerback position in the first round, and Ayuk is available in the second round, I'd clearly take him. I don't like, think they're going to take a cornerback high. I, no, I know what I'm saying, but if they find one good, um, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if they was to take one. I don't think they are though, because they need to take a receiver. Right. But um. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm actually I actually really like Ayuk. Um, his route running to me was uh really really crisp. I enjoyed uh all of his work. Uh, separation was good, and I know some people they had him rated higher. Um, they liked him better than uh, Nikhil Harry from last year. And I can kind of understand why, because Nikhil Harry was having issues with separation in college. He was just uh, he just jumped higher than everybody else in college to catching the ball. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll take Ayuk all day. Hands catcher, he doesn't really catch with his body. Uh, he's like a magnet with the end zone. So I really I really enjoy him. And also, um, 
him with special teams is a plus as well. Yes. He had a couple of punt oh. returns that looked like he was about the about the jet. So I'll I'll take that all day. I mean, you think about it. Yeah, if you take a guy like this high, you're going to get what could be a really good wide receiver. Fantasy-wise, maybe not an elite wide receiver one, but mm-hmm. potential to be a low-end wide receiver one, maybe a high to mid wide receiver two. And from an NFL standpoint, you get the special teams work too, which obviously any NFL franchise is going to appreciate a guy that plays special teams. So Now, T, if good. T. Higgins is going and, you know, all the top guys are going and Ayuk's available, would you want them to take him in the first round or would you rather go a different route? Let me ask I, you a question first, Porkman. How would you feel if the Eagles drafted an offensive lineman in the first round? Um, that would kind of piss me off because we got one last year. And uh, they're not giving him a chance because they're already talking about re-signing Jason Peters. Please don't. And also, Tyler, there is your answer. Um, I don't know. I think I'd be okay with it. But I think Howie would probably trade back at that point if his guy's gone. Yeah, I I think he'd trade back. Well, I mean, we have, what, two or three third-rounders or something like that? So it's just stockpiling picks that we need. But um, this wide receiver class is deep. So, you know, if we take somebody else – and that's not a receiver in the first round, I'm not going to be so mad because it's, it's just so much talent here that I even want. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. It, it's interesting to see. Uh, Angela, what are your thoughts on Brandon Ayuk? You know, he's a really interesting player to me because um, he's so raw. He's just a raw physical talent. Um, he has extremely long levers. He had an 80-inch wingspan at, um, at 5'11". That's huge. I think physically uh, he's – up at the upper echelon of this class in terms of just raw, like I said, physical ability. I don't think he's very skilled yet. Uh, I think there's some refinement, refinement that needs to be done in his releases um, as well at the catch point during his routes. But I think at the next level, early on in his career at least, he'll do very well with manufactured touches, um, screens, um, on punt returns, things such as that where I think he will grow – as the game slows down for him. Kind of like Miles Sanders last year, as we saw it coincidentally in Philadelphia as we were talking about, the game slowed down for Sanders. He was schemed touches more so outside the tackles, um, down the field, you know, on, on swing passes and screens, and it seemed to help his ability to see things between the tackles as well. I think we'll see a similar um, development with Ayuk. Hopefully he goes to an offense like Philadelphia that can use his skill set um, to the to the best advantage. So I don't want him to go to a place like Miami where you know he could potentially be lost. Oh yeah, but yeah, he'd be the number three at that point. Right, exactly. But I think Woody? he's legit. What? Yeah, Parker Williams. Williams okay, yeah, Williams. Off the ACL. Yeah. yeah, but I mean and the thing they... is, like, yeah, he will. He'll be he'll be battling for targets there, right? He but, would. Gusecki's um, going to take a step up. They're going to draft a running right. back. For sure, for sure. But they are going to be down a lot. So they targets are. could be easy to come by. They could be. It'll be interesting to see where he gets drafted. Philadelphia is an interesting spot. I don't think that they pull the trigger on Ayuk. I could see them more. If Chenault's on the board, I think they will go more with Chenault than, than, than Ayuk. Well, we don't have enough injured players, so I guess <laughs> I know, I know. Give yeah. us Lavisca Chenault. <laughs> I know. Let's hope. Let's hope he's healthy. But um, but yeah, I, I think Ayuk's a 
a second round a second round talent. I think he might go in the back half of the first round. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but but yeah, he's a good player. Um, we'll see what happens in his development. I like him. I do. Um, so another guy I like too. I got to give Ray Garvin credit for this one. I've been listening to him talk about Michael Pittman Jr. for about yes. a year now. He is a USC fan. Yep. So, you know, it makes sense. Like, I know uh, KJ Hamler pretty well. Sure. And I don't think we're talking about him this week. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also know there's another guy. I'm not a huge Debbie guy, but I do watch Penn State. So there's a guy named Jahan Dotson. And mm-hmm. He plays for Penn State as well. Kind of a smaller receiver. Speedy, can get down the field just like KJ Hamler. Um, fun fact about him, I am like right in the middle of two Penn State standouts. So if you go 10 minutes that way, um, Saquon Barkley grew up across the bridge in Copley. And if you go, well, about 15, 20 minutes that way, that's where Jahan Dotson grew up. So it's great to see Penn State recruiting local talent. So keep Jahan Dotson on your radar. There's Mike's Debbie Outlook. That's all I got. But um, So Michael Pittman Jr., he is a big angry dude i'm not tackling michael pittman jr um angelo you can if you want because he's 6'4 220 pounds um (laughs) he's a physical guy and he's a pretty decent blocker too i noticed but um let's go over his stats real quick didn't do much his freshman year just six catches for 82 yards from then he just got better every year last season 101 catches for 1275 and 11 touchdowns so his total 41 games played 171 catches for 2,519 yards. He averaged 14.7 yards per reception and 19 touchdowns. So aside from the fact that he's a big physical guy, Angelo, what do you like or dislike about Michael Pittman Jr.? I like a lot about his game. I actually liked his dad a lot when he was when he was playing with the Bucks. Oh yeah, um, running back. He yeah, was nasty. He, he was. was he, he, he just actually, didn't. Yeah. He didn't care what was in front of no, him. Man, he just he, ran no, man. He over. did not. And he was actually a really good pass catcher. I think he had a season with over like hundred targets too. I remember looking it up a few days ago. Um, but I like watching his dad play. But um, but he's a lean two hundred twenty pounds. You know, he he could put more on his frame. Um, he's more sudden out of his breaks than you would anticipate at his size too. Um, his combine was actually really good. Um, he elevated the stock there. He made himself some money in that regard. But he has the ceiling of a solid second receiver on a team that hasn't uh, already asked like an elite one. Um, I'd love to see him um, on a team like we talked about Philadelphia. I think that'd be a really good fit for him. Oh, I think it'd be a really good fit for him. Um, oh, you just got the juices working over here. I I, <laughs> I think that would be – I have that I have that kind of written down as my, my – primary fit for Pittman if they don't decide to take a um, receiver in round one I think he could be there at the probably in round two or three Um, but if we're talking round three it's got to be early third early early third and I think he's I don't know I think he's really multi-dimensional he's a good blocker he's efficient he has good movement qualities for a guy his side which is size which is huge a lot of guys uh, who are 6'3 6'4 they tend to be a little sloppier with their footwork and not as refined in that area, but he's he's a good solid route runner, multi-dimensional, um, and I think he's also going to be a player that's going to contribute from day one to a team. I don't know in what role. I think I don't think he's a traditional field stretcher, but I think he can do a lot, and he's you know he's a he's a go up and get it type guy as well. So he has a he's an interesting skill set, and I would love for him to land on a team like Philadelphia. Um, that has a player that doesn't that doesn't have a player like Pittman on their roster, 
they have Jeffrey, obviously, but I think he's toward, unfortunately. I'm a Bears fan, so I got to see the good Alshon Jeffrey. Well, I mean, uh, like, he got he, one good year. Yeah, he was fine. And he played the Super Bowl year with the torn rotator cuff, so it's like. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, I, I give him a ton of credit. And then he was hurt the next year, and he still gutted it out. But then it's like, oh, I'm healthy. I'm just going to trash my starting quarterback. All right, yeah, great. that's tough. Thanks, bud. Yeah, that's see tough. See ya. I'll help you pack, but I won't. <laughs> you gonna light his stuff on fire or something? No, I just I don't help anybody move. Oh, okay. It's like, oh hey, you have a truck? Yes, I do. That's not paid off yet. What can I do for you? Oh, you want to help me move? No, I don't. <laughs> well, what am I gonna do? Get a U-Haul truck? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, um, Porkman. <laughs> your thoughts on Michael Pittman Jr.? Well, I mean, Angelo pretty much hit up on pretty much everything about what I thought about him. He's just very, very – the first thing I just saw, he was just physical with the point of attack, especially with the blocking um, with the running game because he opened up a lot of holes for a whole bunch of guys. Um, he had a whole bunch of uh, good catches in the end zone too, like 50-50 balls. Yeah. It's like falling backwards and catching it. The only con I have about Pittman that made me nervous a little bit, he's a little bit of a body catcher. Uh, he doesn't really catch with his – he catches with his hands at times, but he can tend to catch with his body. And it'll give the cornerback a little bit of a chance to knock the ball out a little bit. But other than that, he's uh he's quick, he's fast, he's willing to run run up the middle, um, catch the ball at the middle, I should say, and um and and be great at it. I mean, he seems to me like the type of guy that'll do whatever the coaches ask him to do. Yeah. Which obviously coaches are going to like that at the next level. Um I loved his jump ball too. Yeah, yeah, because of how physical it is he's just gonna like if you're a five foot nine corner, and you got a good vertical, he's gonna be like, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, it's mine, and he will murder you. So you know, as a matter of fact, here's our next guy. This guy has been so maligned lately. You know, we're talking Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. So there's a lot of people saying, well, there's a lot of stuff going on. He wasn't invited to the Senior Bowl was supposed to go to the East-West Shrine game that dropped out. No reason or logic for um, not going to the East-West Shrine Bowl. Some people say he should have declared last year. Um, I guess his draft stock wasn't going to be that high. So here's Tyler Johnson at 6'2", 205. Don't know if I said his measurements yet. Um, He's been productive, very productive, as a matter of fact. 43 career games, 213 catches for 3,305 yards. That includes two back-to-back seasons of over 1,000 yards with Rashad Bateman on the roster, who a lot of people are saying is the better receiver of the two. So he averaged 15.5 yards per reception and 33 touchdowns in four years. And this is in the Big Ten on a team, Minnesota, that is traditionally not a powerhouse team, playing against the Wisconsin's, the Ohio State's, the Penn State's, good defensive teams. So... I mean, what what are we thinking about Tyler Johnson here? There's a lot of people saying that this guy could go undrafted even or a mid-third-day pick, yeah. which I think is crazy. Yeah, Angela, you're the nuts. guest. Start us off with Tyler Johnson. I mean, to, I don't mind Tyler Johnson. I have concerns not about his play, but with him not running the opting not to run the 40-yard dash and some of the drama surrounding the Senior Bowl stuff, um, that that's kind of my concern uh, on that regard. But he's an interesting player to me because he's not going to win with speed, but he wins with varying tempos between his routes and his releases. Um, he's really good at the catch point, and he's a really solid red zone option for, for, for an NFL offense. That's what he will be. 
He projects to be more of a big slot role to me. Um, he'll have trouble cre- creating separation on the outside um, against NFL DBs. But I, I agree with you when you know you're talking about people are saying he might be close to undrafted. I think he's going to get the Calvin Harmon treatment. I think that's what we're going to see. And Calvin Harmon was a guy I was really high on last year. Same. And for similar reasons to why I like Tyler Johnson. But I think NFL teams are going to kind of see the flags, the, the lack of vertical speed, um, you know, the concerns with him not running the 40, more so, not, not that, more so the drama surrounding the senior bowl. Uh, there's some question marks there. But I think he, he might end up being a, you know, a late fifth round pick, sixth round pick. Um, if he goes undrafted, I'm not surprised at him being a priority free agent. But, I mean, he's he's a solid player. I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. No. Or maybe a wide receiver two. And for your fantasy rosters, I, I, I wouldn't – he's not a guy that I think is going to make much noise early on in his career unless he gets into a great situation with a coach that's going to spend a lot of time with him um, and potentially get into a situation where he could produce right away, which I don't see being a six-round pick, and he might even be on the roster, but will come training camp. So um, he, he was productive in college, like Harmon was, but I don't, we don't know what the NFL thinks of him yet, and that, that's ultimately the biggest thing. So this is what I think about Tyler Johnson. I think you're right. Roster bubble, he could land on a practice squad, and then if you have a team get decimated by injuries, he gets plucked off the waiver wire or off the team's practice squad. I mean, to me, he's not the best wide receiver on the team. Shot Bateman is. He's good hands. He's good in traffic. He's versatile. He can play outside in the slot. He's not fast. He's not the greatest blocker. He's not the best jump ball receiver. He does make his quarterback look better at times, but he's not overly elusive. So... For as good as he is, that's also as bad as he is. Sure. If that makes sense to you. No, for I mean, sure. No. I, it, it's yeah. just one of those things where he has a lot to work on, and I think that's why he went back his senior year and hit thirteen hundred yards. So yeah. he went back, he got better, but he didn't get good enough. Right. I don't no, know I, if he plays special teams either. You know, when you look at these film breakdowns on YouTube, the only time you really see special teams play is if they're returning the kick. Right. Or punt. Yeah. Right. So, I'm good. Exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. Workman, do you have anything to add about Tyler Johnson? Yeah, uh, I, just, I don't know if he's – I mean, the stats show that he produced, but is he a diva, like like a, a underground diva? It's not Something's not telling you about it. Like, you can't be a diva in college and at least over a year you're going to get drafted in the fifth round. So, oh, and then he got mad and didn't go to the senior bowl. So, it's like I'm going to just not run the 40 and then – he dropped the ball at the combine a couple times, so I don't know. It's just I don't I don't get how you can be that productive in college and then get to close to a senior bowl and you're about to come out and then you look like booty. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's definitely interesting, man. Um, I, think, I don't know if he's around ahead. the wrong people. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, I don't know ahead. if he's around the wrong people or anything that's you know that's staring him wrong. But I think if he gets around the right you know organization. And, you know, they bring him up the right way. I think he could be a steal in the draft because he has the talent. He just got to get his head on straight. No, I was I was just going to say that. I mean, my biggest question is, like with all prospects that I evaluate, is, you know, can an NFL off- offensive coordinator weaponize his strengths? 
and we don't know because his strengths aren't really unique, are they? No, I mean he no, he, no, he doesn't do really. he doesn't have traits that other players in this class don't have, and that's that's what's kind of scares me about him is there's not an area of his game that you can say, man, Tyler Johnson does this better than everybody else, or Tyler Johnson is in the upper echelon of this class in terms of X, Y, Z. He's just pretty good. And I, I will say the one thing that I think might stand him out above other people is his catch in traffic. Yeah, that was, I could that see was that. That was the only thing. Like, you know, again, when you're playing against Ohio State every year, Penn State, Wisconsin, they got a good secondary. They got good cornerbacks, good safeties. They, they know how to cover. So his ability to catch in traffic, to me, was the one thing that stood out. But at – what is he? I already turned the page. He's six foot two. I should see some stuff down the field. I should see a good jump ball receiver. I mean, okay, you know what? He does one thing that Eagles receivers don't do. He catches the freaking ball. Catch the ball, right? About yeah. Like, <laughs> just if that's that the basic. one thing that you ask for a wide receiver to do is catch the ball, he does that. So, right. But but Angela, you're 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 spot on. That's probably the most accurate Tyler Johnson analysis that I've gotten. Is he just he isn't special? And you know this is the class, and we're at the point in the rookie breakdowns too, where I think for as special as the 2020 class is, there's going to be a lot of parts of it that aren't as special as we had hoped that they would be. Right. Like once you get past that tier one in the middle of tier two, you start going. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's good, but he's going to be a team's third running back because you know, I think the 2019 draft class might have been just good enough to put some of these guys out of starting jobs for a little bit. Oh, I 100. percent I 100 like, agree. Did we think Devin Singletary was going to be as good as he was? No. And I we, knew he was going to be okay. I didn't think he was going to be. You know. Right, but he's good enough to where the Bills might not need to draft a starting running back because they have Devin Singletary. I mean, look, yeah, look at every the top four running backs of this class. Really, you know, Singletary, Montgomery, Sanders, and Jacobs. Jacobs, right? They all they all have solidified roles. I mean, Montgomery was um, at over a thousand total yard despite being on a horrific Bears offense. Right. You know, and then we have Sanders, who was fantastic towards the latter parts of the year. Jacobs was super consistent before his injury, and Singletary was, on a per touch basis, the best rookie back in the class. And yeah. am I saying is he? He? I'm not saying he is the best rookie back in the class, but on a per touch basis, he was the most efficient. And so, you're right, and that's going to be something that we look at, especially when we look at these running backs. I know we're not talking much about running backs today, but um. The back, some of the backs ran. They ran the the forties today and did their on field testing. Is I'm be really intrigued to see which one of these guys we're talking about in terms of Sanders, Singletary, Montgomery, Jacobs has a running mate next year. And I think the answer to that is probably Sanders, Sanders and Singletary. I think we think I think that Sanders has um the Eagles might either draft someone or resign a vet, um, sign a vet or resign Howard, yeah, and then um I think. The Bills entertain drafting someone in the third or fourth round to pair with Singletary because there there are some pretty good backs. I think guys whose stocks are going to slide a little bit, like Zach Moss, who'd be an intriguing fit in Buffalo, um, to pair with Singletary. But 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting. It's interesting you say that because I was just thinking that yesterday about the 2019 class that wasn't really highly touted with with the running backs. But the running backs are good. Like they're, they, yeah, they're they're, they're, they're not good. bad. I mean, you know, the, the worst one on that list season wise was probably Montgomery, but he still had a thousand. 1,100 total yards almost, I think 1,074 at 22 years old. Yeah, so I like, can't really put all the blame on him either. No, no that, I mean, That yeah. line was bad. Oh, yeah, they were, he, was a, he had a Tier 3 offensive line. I think they were 29th in the NFL at run blocking, and he also was playing with Mitch Trubisky, who was <laughs> arguably the most inefficient quarterback in the NFL last year. I mean, I, and there's three guys, too, that if they weren't behind the guys that they were behind, could be a starter somewhere else. Agree. Tony Tony Pollard. Yeah, I love Pollard coming out too. He's a great, Madison. great, ver- great player. Really versatile. Fantastic. Alexander Madison. Yeah. Um, and a guy who I'm, I'm going to die on this horse. Darwin Thompson had a great preseason oh, last year. Love Darwin so, Thompson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things. That the 2019 class, I think. And you know what? Maybe some of these guys that went back for next year: Chuba, um, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. Maybe they're smarter than we think they are. Because they're going to let the 19 and 20 class weed themselves out. And unfortunately, there's going to be injuries. Somebody could get hurt. Um, but then some of those teams that aren't affected by the 19 and 20 running back draft class. Right. That have some, like, uh, take, for example, the Packers might right. not draft a running back. But right. they might next year. Um, right. There's other teams. And who knows what the Chargers are going to do. Um, for all we know, Zeke, Tony Pollard could get hurt. One of those guys could need to be replaced, so it could. It's going to be really interesting to see what goes down. This this is probably the draft. I haven't been this excited for an NFL draft since um, the year that I was pretty sure. And then they did. The Eagles got Carson Wentz. So 100, percent yeah. You know, I haven't been that excited uh, since then. So, uh, but let's move along to our next uh, wide receiver, who we're going to let Pork Man. Well, I mean, we could. Angelo, you could talk about him too. Obviously, you were a Buckeyes fan, so we're going to talk about Reneard KJ Hill. You are welcome for finding out his first name. That was fun. Um, I I could cue you in in a minute how he I found that out. So he went to Ohio State, six foot, one hundred ninety five pounds, uh, a very productive receiver while never breaking a thousand yards in a season. He played in. Oh, hopefully my math is right. Hold on, 10, 20, 30, 38, 42. Yeah, 50 games. Uh, 201 catches, 2,332 yards. So I think he's more of a possession guy. He only averaged 11.6 yards per reception. 20 touchdowns, though. So here's how I found out his first name. Everybody enjoys this story. Um, (laughs) By the way, I asked Garrett to do two things. Get me Lamickle's autograph at the the Combine, which he has not done yet, and find out what the KJ and KJ Hill stands for, which he did not do. So, Garrett, you're not the nice, but moving on. So, I went and I researched when he came out of high school. I then went on Wikipedia and looked up his high school. Then I calculated the year that he graduated, because sometimes these guys don't go in right away. They go in early. Um... And then I downloaded the PDF of his high school yearbook, and there was his first name in all its glory, Reneard. Um, I will say this, though. You are kind of rude, Mr. Hill, because I tweeted at you to ask what the KJ stands for, and you didn't respond back. So when your fans talk to you, you should listen, Reneard. But anyway, Porkman, tell me about KJ Hill, please. How are you going to be mad at the man? He's kind of busy right now. He's trying to make millions of dollars. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Okay. 
What do you do when you take a dump? You look at your phone, right? Hey, you don't you, know what he do. He could be knitting on the toilet. I highly doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it too. Okay. He could be looking at film. If you're I don't you could respond to me when you're taking a dump. Guaranteed <laughs> if I'm texting you back, I might be pooping. I don't care. Hey, that's me every day. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to uh, KJ, I feel like um, it's always been a couple of receivers that's overshadowed him over the years. Like even with last year with Chris Olave, is they always seem to look for you know like the deep guy. The year before it was McLaurin and Paris Campbell. With him being a fifth year starter, I feel as though he really, really didn't get a chance to break out, especially with the skill set that he has on that team. Um, but you know, when you sit down, look at tape, and look at certain uh, certain players on that team to come out, um, he kind of pops out. Especially if you just look at just the pure film. Um, obviously, he's a prototypical slot guy that actually showed during the uh, Senior Bowl practice this year. Didn't do too much with the game because the quarterbacks were so terrible. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but um, except for Justin had, Herbert, I liked him. Yeah, yeah, he looked good, but he didn't have him. He had the the other group of. The old group of doo-doo. But, um, oh, yeah. The, he had, like, the Jordan Love, the Steven Montez Montez group. and the yeah. Shea Patterson, I think. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the bark bag. Yeah. Oh. But, but um, uh, sorry to cut you off, Bark Bag. No, no, you're good. Um, change of direction. He had one guy on skates. He was just looking like he was ice skating out there. Uh, catching the ball with one hand, so he shows he has a skill set to do it. He just has to be put in the right, uh, the right situation for him to succeed. Right. So you know, seeing uh, unfortunately, uh, hopefully he doesn't go there. But seeing that Edelman is getting older, and guys like that, he would be a perfect fit for me with the Patriots because he has that type of skill set to do stuff like that. If Brady's there, yeah, but if Brady's there, yeah, there's a lot of people saying he might not be back. He might be gone, but you know, at the end of the day, to me, it's still the same offense. You're right. You're right. And, and I'm not not to not come out of retirement. Uh, He's got to be some junk. <laughs> I think I almost just stuff. got pork man the curse. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Close. I do not. I do not say profanity. I may text it from time to time if I get mad. So it's funny. <laughs> um, I I do agree. I I actually liked KJ Hill. I thought he was pretty pretty quick and elusive. I loved how in the that short game, like he'd run these little routes and he was just always open. Yep. I mean, there, there's dudes like we're talking, nobody's within five yards of this guy. And it's like, you're just not going to cover him? Or is he that good? Or is yeah, it both? I, I just think he's that good. The only yeah. thing that annoys me about his tape is like the, the bevy of bubble screens. Can you just give him a route? He just, he just, he's at the the line of scrimmage and he's just going yeah. backwards. I mean, like, can but you, can you, you got to run something? what the coaches call, though. You know what I mean? No, no, I told, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not not a knock on him. It's just sometimes the Kyle's game just irritates me sometimes, especially when you have a player that good. Like, get him, get him downfield. He get, he can get something good for you because he was good with, um like, with zone coverage. He was, like, you know, he was consistent with just finding, like, the soft spot in the zone. And he was open, but, you know, when you have five-star talent on the other side of the field who's, you know, wide open downfield, like Alave and McLaurin and Paris Campbell from years prior, they'd just rather throw them the ball instead of him when he's open, you know, 
with the you know guaranteed first down. Right. Um, Angela, your thoughts on Reneard before we move on? I really like him as a player. He he's probably my favorite wide receiver prospect in terms of his just knowing how well he understands the game of football. You know, he has a clear conceptual understanding of what he's doing, why he's doing it, and where to be there, when to be there. I mean, it's clear that Heartline's worked a lot with him um, on that part of his game, and it shows. It shows in spades. And he kind of reminds me a little bit of Cooper Cup. He's not overly fast or sudden, but he finds ways to win, sit in zones. He's really good in the short to intermediate areas. I don't think he's much of a deep threat. Um, that's an area that Cooper Cup was, is very good at um, in Sean McVay's offense. But um, I don't think he'll ever be an elite producer at the NFL level. But he's going to be a guy that NFL teams want on the field because of the, of the side of his game that he, you know, he understands the conceptual piece. He understands the leverage, like I said. He knows what to do, when to be there, and where to be. Um, he's going to be a reliable piece. Um, he's going to be a quarterback's best friend in that regard. Um, do I think he's an elite talent? No, but similar to Tyler Johnson, he doesn't do anything really well. He's just pretty good. And KJ Hill is a pretty good slot receiver who is reliable, good hands, wins well in short areas, and NFL teams will like that. And he'll be a he could be a valuable piece to an NFL offense. Do I I don't think he'll be a big fantasy asset as but I think he will um, like I said, be a guy that NFL teams want on the field because of what he brings and, and how reliable he can be out there. Okay. Uh, I do like the Cooper Cup comp, though. You know, it's that's – you can't eat that. The dude puts up fantasy points. So, um, All right, so let's move on to our next guy. He's been called Big Play Devin Duvernay from Texas. Um, 5'11", 210 pounds. I didn't know what to think about him at first. And then – the more I watched, the more I liked him. So over the course of his four-year career, 45 total games, he had 176 catches, 2,468 yards, more of a possession guy again. It's 14.0 yards per average or per reception. Starting to be able to not talk. Uh, 16 touchdowns over his career. Another guy coming out in this class too who – some people love and hate is Colin Johnson. So, Angelo, I don't know if you know anything sure. about him or not. Uh, maybe you could touch on him a little bit. But um, for sure, if you want to talk to us about Devin Duvernay first, um, I thought this guy was really, really athletic. I, I liked him a lot. But what are your thoughts on Duvernay? I think you're right when you talk about athletic. I mean, he was one of the best 100-meter athletes um, coming out of high school. Uh, you're in 10, 27, and 100, which is, I mean, that's in mm, the 1% of – that's going to be in the 1% of NFL athletes right there. And I think that's going to be his role at the NFL level. I think he's going to be a field stretcher for a team. Um, he's extremely impressive after the catch and strong at the catch point. He has a bigger body. He's kind of built like DJ Moore. Um, I don't think he is DJ Moore in any, in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I think his lack of advanced route tree will limit his fantasy football upside. Um, I think he'll be a splash player in the NFL. But I think he's... An, a really interesting guy because like you said, he's an exceptional athlete. I don't think he's great at, um, he doesn't have great change of direction qualities, but he's going to be a legitimate vertical threat in the NFL offense. Um, and we talked a little about Colin Johnson, his teammate. Um, he's 
he's going to be a more of a red zone threat who kind of grows into a a bigger role in the offense because he has the size. He's at, at Colin Johnson was like, I think he measured in like at 6'5", 6'6". Um, he's a big guy. And like the, you know, the, the Gandy Goldens of this class, uh, the Pittmans, um, they have a chance to grow into a wider. They have a chance to grow into a wide receiver one role in the NFL offense if they develop. And we obviously we won't know what that looks like until they get in a landing spot. And then we can kind of say, okay, you know, if this guy goes to the Green Bay Packers, it means a lot more than if they go to the Miami Dolphins or New York Jets. So I think for those guys in that capacity, it means a ton. The Duvernays, um, the Gandy Goldens, the guys who are going to have specific, more niche roles coming into the NFL. Um, landing spot means a ton for them, and I'll be really interested to see what happens um, with Duvernay and Johnson. Yeah, so Johnson, he is 6'6". Six, six. Just looking at his stats real quick, he never broke 1,000 yards in a year. You know, whereas right, yeah. Duvernay, almost 1,400 yards last year. So, Yeah, impressive. He had an impressive year. Yeah. Uh, Porkbane, your thoughts on big play Duvernay? Uh, big play Duvernay is very athletic. He's very like, uh, as Gary would say, bursting. Hey, real, real he quick, ca- Porkman, did you notice when watching the film? Because you and I seem to always have like the same takes on players watching film. Did you notice? That, yeah, it's weird. That this dude, like, only lines up in the slot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's not just me. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. He's always in the slot and like drifts back, um, you know, towards the X receiver for screens and crap like that. But when he would catch the ball, it was like he they had one guy try to tackle him. He just couldn't get him down. And he just like jetted for like 15 yards. And it was just – it was so quick. I love that a lot about him. He's very tough. Contact balance when he has the ball in his hand is really good as well. Uh, I love that a lot. Uh, breaking tackles. And, yeah, it was – he's he's like one of the guys where he can, he can fit as like maybe like a three or a four. And if he develops his game in a good situation, I know it sounds kind of, you know, it sounds like he keeps saying the same thing, but if he keeps going to the, a good landing spot where they need a slot uh, receiver that can go across the middle because he, you know, he's thick, thick, a thick type receiver, he can, he can fit in a good, really good spot. Yeah, sure. That's the thing. It's a lot of good. I mean, well, it was only the two. Two running, two receivers in the list that we talked about today. That was really oh three. Those that uh, what's his name? Duvernay, Lavisca, and the uh, other guy I can't think of right now. It was like just some thick receivers. They could just they just bounce off uh, uh defenders. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Um, so we got one last guy here. Oh Pittman, that's what it was. Angelo, you're gonna have to sell him to us because. Oh boy! Again, Again, Porkman and I. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I kind of see. This is where we kind of switched up. I watched a little bit more tape on him today, okay. and I'm okay. starting to. I'm starting to like him a little bit more. Okay, you have to tell me that before we start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. So, uh, Porkman's cool. liking him a little bit more. Uh, Justin Jefferson from LSU. So, right. is he a victim, or not a victim? But is he a beneficiary of? Um, Joe Burrow's Burrow. spectacular, almost 6,000-yard passing season. So he had 1,540 yards this year, only 875 yards the prior year. Definitely a breakout. Um, Justin Jefferson is six foot three, 192 pounds. I mean, this is a stacked offense. 
you got him, you got Burrow, you got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um what uh Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. I don't know why I was blanking. Um some people are real high on Thaddeus Moss. I am not. I think he's I think he's kinda of like this year's David and Joku. Well, and he broke his foot. Did he? He's a Jones he's yeah, a he's a Joe he's a Jones fracture, so okay. Um, he didn't even participate in, in the combine drills. Well, there you go. That's how I know he's bad if you're not participating. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was mean. Um, so Jeff, Justin Jefferson, up until just now, Porkman and I were on the same page. We thought he was solid but not overly impressive. He does fight for yardage. I think he's a possession guy. But, Angelo, sell me on Justin Jefferson and sell our listeners. Oh, man. I'm, gonna try, I'm not a salesman, but okay. I'm gonna do, I'll do my best. But I, try I your best. These things. I honestly think, man, I think Jefferson, and I thought this um, just through watching, I mean, LSU was on the national stage so much this year that I got to watch a lot of him in real time. And the more the more I watched him, the more I really appreciated his game. I think he's what the slot receiver is becoming in the NFL, and that is more of a multidimensional threat. And I think he can win at all three levels, and I, he proved this weekend at the NFL Combine he has legitimate 4-4 speed. And that that tells an NFL offense that this guy's potentially a deep threat as well. Like I said, he can win on all three levels. He's a really good functional mover. He's extremely quick twitch quick twitched. So I think he's gonna be a guy that's really good in short areas. But I don't think he was necessarily like obviously he benefited from Joe Burrow and having, you know, the offensive supporting cast that he had. But I think he could be a really good slot receiver in this league because he's what the prototypical slot receiver is becoming um, a, a taller, longer guy with good movement skills who also has the deep speed um, to be a vertical threat in offense. So, I mean, I, I think he's, like I said, I think he's a late first round talent. I think a lot of people are mocking him to the Packers, which actually makes a ton of sense to me. I like him there. Yeah, I do. I, like I do as well. Yeah, I, th- I think he'd be great there. I think but... he'd be great pretty much anywhere he goes. I think he's going to be a really solid NFL receiver. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he has the all-pro upside of some of these other guys we're talking about, like the Chenaults, Ragers, you know, Lamb, Judy. Those guys have that that type of upside to them. I don't think Jefferson has that. No, I think he's but I think he could be, be a solid player. Yeah, one of those guys that when he retires, you're going to look at his his final stats and go, oh. Shit, that dude was really good. Oh, that was good. He was yeah, really consistent right. every year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that can definitely be him for sure. Yeah. I think he answered a lot of questions this weekend too in terms of the, in terms of his athleticism. I think that was a big um, a question that the masses kind of had about him and his game. I think he got overshadowed a lot too. You know, if he goes well, yeah. somewhere else, for sure, he, he's probably going to be the focal point of an offense. But LSU was so stacked this year. And Joe Burrow having the season that he had. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Helped, no, him helped him get better stats, get better stats but it didn't help him get the spot. So. Right. But, um, I agree. Uh, Porkman, uh, would you like to give me your traitorous take on Justin Jefferson? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he helped out the stock a lot. Like, um, like Angela was saying, um, yesterday with his forty time. I mean, you know, just looking at his tape, running off the line of scrimmage. Looks very, very, very quick, and I did not think he was going to be that fast. And it seemed like he was just running past guys, making them look standing still, especially in the, running from the slot. Having that big guy in the slot in the NFL, like Angelo was saying once again, that, that can you know that can help you out a ton, especially running up the seam and stuff like that. Right. Um, 
And it's to me, yeah, like he just fits well with this new game. I, I, I'm starting to come around. Not, you know, he's not, you know, top five for me, or maybe not even top six or seven. But like we said, this this class is so deep. There's like ten guys that can be drafted in the first two rounds. Seems like. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see. Um, so those are the guys we're looking at today. Before we wrap things up, just a couple of quick things. If you guys want to just update our quick game. Um, so Angelo here, we've been playing a game called NFL or XFL. Basically, we look at the guys that we talked about, and you tell me if they're going to be a stud in the NFL or the XFL. Oh God! So it's all right. It's cool. it's real easy. So uh, we'll let Porkman start off. Porkman, Lavisca Chenault. Uh, he's a he's an NFL. I, I mean, now well, his name is Lavisca. Sorry, Lavisca Chenault. Lavisca Chenault because he's built like he ate uh, two packs of Grand Biscuits. I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, he's a two hundred thirty pound man. That's a, that's a big boy. Yeah. That's why he that's why he ran slow. I'm gonna go with NFL as well. Angelo, your thoughts? NFL. Okay. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. NFL. Okay. NFL. Agreed. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. NFL. NFL? Uh, he'll be NFL too, yeah. Here we go. Here's Tyler Johnson's shot. Oh, God. XFL. Okay. I want to be- I want to believe in him. I do too. I really do. I just think the Capitals going to be I think the Capitals going to be against him. Not the talent. I mean, I think he's a talented player like we said. He's not great at anything. Can we see? I just think one one organization is going to see him and be like we can work with him. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, I I I I still think I I'll, I'll keep my answer with XFL, but I I hope he succeeds in the NFL cuz I I like watching him as a player. Okay. Um KJ Hill. Uh, NFL. He's the NFL, too. I agree. I agree. Uh, big play Duvernay. Play Duvernay. NFL. Okay. He's NFL as I well. agree. And Justin and Jefferson. Justin. NFL, 100%. Yeah. So, NFL. I agree. All these guys this week were pretty much, I think, NFL guys. Um, yeah. Angelo, one question for you. Yeah. What do you think of my man crush, LaMichael P. Ryan? <laughs> I love this dude. I really do. I love his name. His name is Lamical. Well, You're not allowed Lamical. to say Lamical ever I didn't ever know again. if he knew that I called him Lamical. So that is, that is what funny, I call him. Um, he's also been referred to as one of our our listeners. Uh, I think his Twitter handle is Mike O the Tweet Slayer. He said that I should call him my little Lamical. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> pretty good, but just like your little Cooper Cup. I'm sorry, what's that? I said like my little Cooper Cup, <laughs> yeah. Michael Berry. Yes. Matthew Berry, sorry. Um, yeah. But what are your thoughts on the Michael P. Ryan, Lamical? Uh, I mean, he's he's interesting, man. I mean, he's he's going to be a player I think is going to be around on on, um, on day three. I think he's an early day three pick. Okay. Um, he, See, he could be a guy. They're coming to get you and take you away because you're, you're not in agreement. I know. With what I think about <laughs> <laughs> Michael P. Impeccable timing. I mean, you, I couldn't ask for it better myself, to be honest with you. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but no, I think he's you – know, every year we see guys who are day three picks, especially at the running back position, pan out because they're behind really good offensive lines. Right. And remember Alfred Morris? Remember uh, his do, rookie season? <laughs> remember his rookie season? Oh, God, yeah, you're Eagles fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could happen to anybody, really. I mean – Philip Lindsay has been a, has had a thousand yards two seasons in a row and he's undrafted. 
it, if you're behind a, an elite offensive unit and has a team that can push the ball down the field and and score with consistency, you can have success. And I think I don't think P Ryan's a guy that can do it on his own, but I think if he gets into an organization that can allow him to either grow into success or um, or kind of take a backup role and um, potentially succeed um, if injury strikes. I think that's what we're looking at. I don't think he's going to be a consistent producer at the NFL level, but I see what you like about him. Um, he's a good player. He, he's got good play speed, good toughness, and like some of the other guys we're talking about, he does a lot of things well, but he can't really hang his hat on yeah. like one or two things that make that separates him from other backs in this class. But I could see him getting a role somewhere, absolutely. But I, I don't know really where that would where that would be or where I would like that. I think a, a good spot is that the Eagles kind of punt on running back or don't, like I said, don't re-sign Howard or um, go grab a veteran. I think he could be in a good spot there. Oh, my God. Um, in in tandem with Miles name. Sanders, I mean, I I think so. I mean, I think a guy like him in tandem with Sanders, um, I think they'd complement each complement each other decently well. I'm getting season I'm getting tickets then. But <laughs> oh, you, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh man, if if that happens, I'm gonna immediately immediately send you a message and and I I have to want to see the tears on your face from happiness. Uh, I, I don't know if I can handle it. Um, I don't think you could either. I will say this. I've already dubbed him this year's Alvin Kamara. Oh, please. Oh, boy. So. <laughs> Here we go. No, please. That, that's, it's hilarious because the one player that I get so frustrated when people comp, comp people to is Kamara. Oh, my God. I just lose my mind. So well, Kamara's a tough guy to comp people to because he's really uh, – I mean, he does things that other people do, but he's such a unique player in how he does it. Yeah, he he's got this like like uh, I guess like stylistic element to him that's just so like it's just him. But I mean, like, and that's it. I think part so part of the reason I say he could be like this year's Alvin Kamara is is this. I think he could be third round later type guy. Um, for the most part, a lot of the fantasy community was like, "Oh, Alvin Kamara, the guy from Tennessee. Okay, great, blah blah blah. It's still Mark Ingram show." And then. Bam, Sean Payton knew what to do with him. So, knew what to do with him. Forgive me. So, he gets in the right spot with coach. It's like, I'm going to use this guy. That's my comp because I think his skill set is good enough that if he's in a creative offense with a guy that wants to use him, could use him, an aging guy in front of him, we're talking about really good RB2 potential here. So Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't mind that. I mean, it's 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 be interesting to see what, you know, how NFL teams view him um, – um, post combine. Yeah. So I, I heard that he helped himself today. Um, although I did ask Garrett about his 40 time and he didn't text me back. Garrett. I think he ran four, six, like say four, six, two, which I mean, listen, the, the 40 time for running backs is yeah. how's his, like, you, how does he you just have to, you, yeah, you just have to have line. How does he break tackles? Right. It, it's, it's all about, you know, it, it's the one thing I look at, especially with running back is, what does the what does the demand of the position like like what what do you need to do to play a position? Yeah. Um, you need to you are contacted on if you're um, a, a lead running back on a team you're contacted like twenty or so times a game, so you need to be able to navigate contact first and foremost. Yeah. And then you have to have good enough acceleration ability, 
um, to get through holes quick enough before they close. I mean, top end speed is just a you know it's a cherry on top. He doesn't have he doesn't have elite top end speed or, or, or good play speed, but it's good enough. So I don't I don't know when to be drafted. That that's something that'll be interesting for me to see. I think probably fourth or fifth round. Um, but I don't know if he goes in the third round to your Eagles. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna cry tears of joy. <laughs> but I think if the Bengals were smart, they would take him first overall. So, no, oh my, Lord, no, that's that'd, a be, bit much. <laughs> that'd be too funny. That is a bit much. But listen, Angelo, it has been an absolute blast having you here. Thanks for talking about rookie wide receivers hanging out. Um, so before we go, we always do a verse every week. Um, Garrett usually does that. Chev usually does it. He couldn't make it, but um, he actually did hop on. Chev, if you want to go ahead and unmute your mic right now. There we go. What's, on, What's up, Chev? What's up, man? Ah, yeah. oh, man, just <laughs> grinding it out, living life. Angelo, nice to have you on the podcast, man. I love what you do. Appreciate love it, everything man. you guys said, too. I've been on for about 35 minutes now, and you guys have been crushing it. Good job. Yeah, we we Thank tried. You. So, uh, Chev, you want to hit us with that verse before we head on out of here? Yep, so it's going to be Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Uh, so, I mean, right there, you just have the knack of just not knowing that you're not alone. There's people around you that want to help you, and God is also there to hold your hand. Uh, if he needs to pick you up and carry you, he will do that too. Uh, I mean, he's always there for us. He's always going to take care of us, and he's always one step ahead of us. So uh, just very encouraging to know that somebody does care for you. Uh, and if, if you don't think somebody cares about you in real life, the people around you, then you're mistaken. Don't ever think that. Uh, I mean... Even the people I don't know, I just know them through Facebook or Twitter. I mean, I know a lot of them would do the same thing. So they would have, they would give me their shirt off their back. So somebody always cares for you. Just know that. Chef, thank Chef, you much. Thank I'd you give you the shirt off my back, but then I'd have to mail it to you. So um, <laughs> I'll just Venmo you some money. But um, Chef, it was great talking to you, even though it was just for a little bit. And why don't you tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter? You can find me at Chef Boy RD, Boy with an I. And LaBiscuit Chenault, where can we find you on Twitter? <laughs> at FF Portman. <laughs> Angelo, where can we find you and all of those hot takes of yours? Uh, at Angelo underscore fantasy. Okay, and you can find me at the Embower85. Please follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you check out DynastyOwner.com. And we also have a Facebook group. You can talk amongst us if you are part of a podcast and you listen to us come on there you can post your new podcast episode you can check in updates on the dynasty rewind studio so i don't have to record in the kitchen anymore because i always forget to start the dishwasher after the podcast and my wife yells at me the next morning um so that's it we're gonna be back next week the natural will be back with combine updates and we'll be doing rookie wide receivers part three there is a lot of them so until next time everybody be kind please rewind <laughs>